Long History, Jack Cartier, Journey 3, Part 2 Building a Fort and Exploring the Waterfalls Hello and welcome to this episode of Long History, which is actually the last episode in this series about Jacques Cartier's three journeys to Canada and in particular the area of the St. Lawrence River. There's only two episodes to this third journey, and in the previous one, Jacques Cartier returned to the place he visited on his second journey to find that four years after they'd taken Don O'Connor, the leader of the area, back to France with them, Another man, called Agona, now ran the area. So when the French returned with news that this Don O'Connor had died, the new leader didn't seem too perturbed. A quick note before we get started with this episode, we've called it Exploring the Waterfalls, but within this text, the waterfalls are called Salts, S-A-U-L-T-S. As this is the last part of this series, don't forget to follow Long History, to be informed when we serialise our next document from the Age of Exploration. And in the meantime, there's already a great deal we've covered, including many famous names, and all these episodes will be available on your podcast provider or on longhistory.net, our website. This is Jacques Cartier, Journey 3, Part 2, Building a Fort and Exploring the Waterfalls. The description of the aforesaid river and haven. The said river is small, not past 50 paces broad, and ships drawing three fathoms water may enter in at a full sea. And at low water there is nothing but a channel of a foot deep or thereabout. On both sides of the said river there are very good and fair grounds, full of as fair and mighty trees as any be in the world, and diverse sorts which are above ten fathoms higher than the rest. And there is one kind of tree above three fathoms about, which they in the country call Haneda, which hath the most excellent virtue of all the trees in the world, whereof I will make mention hereafter. Moreover, there are great store of oaks, the most excellent that ever I saw in my life, which were so laden with mast that they cracked again. Besides this, there are fairer arables, cedars, beeches, and other trees than grow in France, and hard unto this wood on the south side the ground is all covered with vines, which we found laden with grapes as black as mulberries, but they be not so kind as those of France, because the vines be not tilled, and because they grow of their own accord. Moreover, there are many white thorns, which bear leaves as big as oaken leaves, and fruit like unto meddlers. To be short, it is as good a country to plough and manure, as a man should find or desire. We sowed seeds here of our country, as cabbages, navos, lettuces and others, which grew and sprung up out of the ground in eight days. The mouth of the river is toward the south, and it windeth northward like unto a snake. And at the mouth of it, toward the east, there is a high and steep cliff, where we made a way in manner of a pair of stairs, and aloft we made a fort, to keep the nether fort and the ships, and all things that might pass by, the great as by this small river. Moreover, a man may behold a great extension of ground apt for tillage, straight and handsome, 
as somewhat inclining toward the south, as easy to be brought to tillage as I would desire, and very well replenished with fair oaks and other trees of great beauty, no thicker than the forests of France. Here we set twenty men to work, which in one day had laboured about an acre and an half of the said ground, and sowed it, part with nabos or small turnips, which at the end of eight days, as I said before, sprang out of the earth. And upon that high cliff we found a fair fountain very near the said fort, adjoining whereunto we found good store of stones, which we esteemed to be diamonds. On the other side of the said mountain, and at the foot thereof, which is towards the great river, is all along a goodly mine of the best iron in the world, and it reacheth even hard unto our fort, and the sand which we tread on is perfect refined mine, ready to be put into the furnace. And on the water's side we found certain leaves of fine gold as thick as a man's nail, and westward of the said river there are, as hath been said, many fair trees, and toward the water a goodly meadow full of as fair and goodly grass as ever I saw in any meadow in France. And between the said meadow and the wood are great store of vines, and beyond the said vines the land groweth full of hemp, which groweth of itself, which is as good as possibly may be seen, and as strong and at the end of the said meadow, within an hundred paces, there is a rising ground, which is a kind of slate stone, black and thick, wherein are veins of mineral matter, which show like gold and silver. And throughout all that stone, there are great grains of the said mine. And in some places, we have found stones like diamonds, the most fair, polished and excellently cut, that it is possible for a man to see. When the sun shineth upon them, they glitter as it were sparkles of fire. How, after the departure of the two ships which were sent back into Brittany, and that the fort was begun to be builded, the captain prepared two boats to go up the great river to discover the passage of the three salts, or falls of the river. The said captain, having dispatched two ships to return to carry news, according as he had in charge from the king, and that the fort was begun to be builded, for the preservation of their victuals and other things, determined with the Viscount of Beaupre and other gentlemen, masters and pilots chosen for council, to make a voyage, with two boats furnished with men and victuals to go as far as Ochelaga, of purpose to view and understand the fashion of the salts of water, which are to be passed to go to Saguenay, that he might be the readier in the spring to pass further, and in the winter time to make all things needful in a readiness for their business. The foresaid boats being made ready, the captain and Martin de Paimpon, with other gentlemen and the mariners, departed from the said place of Charlesburg Royal, the seventh day of September, in the year aforesaid, 1540. And the Viscount of Beaupre stayed behind for the guarding and government of all things in the fort. And as they went up the river, the captain, 
went to see the Lord of which dwelleth between Canada and Ochelaga, which in the former voyage had given unto the said captain a little girl, and had oftentimes informed him of the treasons which Tainuanyi and Domagaya, whom the captain in his former voyage had carried into France, would have wrought against him. In regard of which his courtesy, the said captain would not pass by without visiting of him, and to let him understand that the captain thought himself beholding unto him, he gave unto him two young boys, and left them with him to learn their language, and bestowed upon him a cloak of parish red, which cloak was set with yellow and white buttons of tin and small bells. And withal he gave him two basins of laton, and certain hatchet and knives, whereat the said lord seemed highly to rejoice, and thanked the captain. This done, the captain and his company departed from that place, and we sailed with so prosperous a wind, that we arrived the eleventh day of the month at the first salt of water, which is two leagues distant from the town of Tutonagi. And after we were arrived there, we determined to go and pass as far up as it was possible with one of the boats, and that the other should stay there till it returned. And we double-manned her to row up against the course or stream of the said salt. And after we had passed some part of the way from our other boat, we found bad ground and great rocks, and so great a current that we could not possibly pass any further with our boat and the captain resolved to go by land to see the nature and fashion of the salt. And after that we were come on shore, we found, hard by the water's side, a way and beaten path going toward the said salts, by which we took our way. And on the said way, and soon after, we found an habitation of people which made us great cheer and entertained us very friendly. And after that he had signified unto them that we were going toward the salts, and that we desired to go to Sogonay, four young men went along with us to show us the way, and they brought us so far that we came to another village or habitation of good people, which dwell over against the second salt, which came and brought us of their victuals, as pottage and fish, and offered us of the same. After that the captain had inquired of them as well by signs as words how many more salts we had to pass to go to the second Sogonay, and what distance and way it was thither, this people showed us and gave us to understand that we were at the second salt, and that there was but one more to pass, that the river was not navigable to go to Sogonay, and that the said salt was but a third part farther than we had travelled showing us the same with certain little sticks which they laid upon the ground in a certain distance, and afterward laid other small branches between both, representing the salts. And by the said mark, if their saying be true, it can be but six leagues by land to pass the said salts. After that we had been advertised by the said people of the things above mentioned, both because the day was far spent and we had neither drunk nor eaten the same day, we concluded to return unto our boats, and we came thither, 
where we found great store of people to the number of 400 persons or thereabout, which seemed to give us very good entertainment and to rejoice of our coming. And therefore our captain gave each of them certain small trifles, as combs, brooches of tin and copper, and other small toys, and unto the chief men every one his little hatchet and hook, whereat they made certain cries and ceremonies of joy. But a man must not trust them all for their fair ceremonies and signs of joy, for if they had thought they had been too strong for us, then they would have done their best to have killed us, as we understood afterward. This being done, we returned with our boats, and passed by the dwelling of the Lord of Ochelai, with whom the captain had left the two youths as he came up the river, thinking to have found him. But he could find nobody save one of his sons, who told the captain that he was gone to Maysuna, as our boys also told us, saying that it was two days since he departed. But in truth he was gone to Canada, to conclude with Angona what they should do against us. And when we were arrived at our fort, we understood by our people that the savages of the country came not any more about our fort as they were accustomed to bring us fish, and that they were in a wonderful doubt and fear of us. Wherefore, our captain, having been advertised by some of our men which had been at Stadacona to visit them, that there were a wonderful number of the country people assembled together, caused all things in our fortress to be set in good order, etc. The rest is wanting. Not for the first time in our documents covered by long history, the ending is not at all neat, and I guess as such this is the beginning of the history of French Canada, and we can see in this text, particularly of this last journey, how there's a mixture of attempted friendliness and suspicion between the French and the local people. There's a lot to read between the lines even in this episode. And even though it appears superficially to be quite event-free actually, here we see the brief mention of a fort being built. That's the very beginning of colonization in this area. We see ships being sent back to France, and we also see the Frenchmen exploring the area, encouraging friendship with certain of the leaders of the area, in this way building up alliances in any future battles ahead. So that was the last of the documents about Jacques Cartier. We will further down the line revisit these documents, and as we've done with other source documents from Magellan to Christopher Columbus, we'll take a look at the 10 main events in these documents, then have a look from a different perspective at the 10 most surprising aspects of these documents, so watch out for those. If you've liked this episode, please do give it a like and share it with anyone else who might be interested in the early European colonization of the Canada area. Above all, thanks to you for listening. This was Jacques Cartier, Journey 3, Part 2. Building a fort and exploring the waterfalls. Goodbye.